call and I asked for Doug Keston, who's my agent. And he's like, do you have a passport? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, you booked IBM. It shoots in Italy. Um, and you're leaving on Monday. So you better have a passport. And I'm like, yeah, I have a passport. No sweat. He's like, okay, I'll get back to you. So I hang up the phone and I don't have a passport. <gasps> When we agreed last episode that we were going to keep the illusion that there is no script. There's never been an illusion that there's no script. You're allowed to have it. We've already talked about this. It's in the last episode. Yeah, but (laughs) a week, a lot happens in a week and people might have forgotten. Mm -hmm. But now... Wouldn't it be amazing if us just kind of blabbering to each other for 20 minutes or 10 minutes... Uh, was somehow scripted in some beautiful, like, organic way. If we were that talented. Yeah. That well, we that's just, Im- that's improv. Like, mm. every improv show ever. <laughs> would you Would you like that's to? That's a slight, again, sorry, improvisers. You yeah. guys are very, very caring and very funny. It just, it takes a while to get there. Just like it did with this intro. Welcome to I'm Trying, wow. the podcast where sometimes you try your best and you don't succeed. And you get what you want, but not what you need. That's been Coldplay. <laughs> and I've been Janelle Dennis. And I'm Jacob Derwin. I will try to fix you. Thank you for joining us for episode number seven. seven. We're so glad you're here. Lucky number seven. And this is a really cool one, guys. I'm really excited about this one. This is uh, with a friend, a comedian, actor, Jeffrey Emerson. Acting. He's a real he's a he's a real life actor boy. It's really awesome. You've probably seen, at least if you're in New York City, the big bus posters of a woman, blonde woman holding a pill. Nope. And it says the inventor. Oh, I did see that and it weirded me out. I was like, what the heck yes. is this about? Okay. So Elizabeth HBO Holmes, thing? Okay. Yeah, she was the CEO, um, CEO and founder of Theranos, a company mm. that claimed to develop the special technology that eliminated the need for blood testing. Well, mm. blood testing as we know it. So the idea was that you just get one prick of blood and then you're scanned for almost every disease there is out there, just with one prick of blood. Mm. And it turns out sure. that, plot twist, Not, they were lying yep. and nothing worked mm. and they raised a billion dollars or over a billion dollars. A billion? Yes. That's like... Too Over much. a billion, yeah. That's like but too it's because much money. if you think about it, and like a lot of her investors were even like people at political. Bill Clinton was one of her first oh, investors man. because they're thinking another oh, this another can b- change everything. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I was gonna say another another great move by Bill Clinton, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like just a prick of blood. <laughs> hey, you didn't impress me. I did not have sexual relations with that, with that woman. Theranos. What's the yeah. name of the company? Theranos. Yeah. I got it? Good, okay. Which is weird because it sounds like the, uh, um, Therapy? It? Oh, I was going to say the Avengers. Thanos? Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a bad connection. Yeah. So, but it pretty much yeah. was the same thing. So, just, so, so they raised a yeah. billion dollars lying to people about what they can detect in yeah, blood. Yeah, but cool. what I've been fascinated about mm-hmm. and what the internet has become fascinated with mm-hmm. is her like her the cult of personality 
kind of surrounding yeah. her that she was so quote unquote charismatic because she was such a character she was obsessed with Steve Jobs okay um, I'm so pulling she, up her picture because I want to see what she, she would like. dress in black turtlenecks and had never blinked but her voice is what people oh, in, especially in these documentaries are talking mm. about her fake voice her fake voice because her voice is for uh, it's abnormally low like, you can tell mm-hmm. that... It, you could tell that it's a fake voice. It, obviously, it's easy to say that now, but, like, she talks like, oh, uh, and Theranos... That does not look her. like what she would sound like. Exactly! Yeah, I'm looking at her now. She looks like a like a 24-year-old dancer yeah. from and Harlem. And I've watched... I've, I've gone so far down the rabbit hole of Elizabeth Holmes mm-hmm. that I'm finding videos of where people are like, oh, here's where she slips up and you hear her real voice for a second. And she, uh, does she like sound CNN. like you? Is that the joke here? No, I, no. I feel like my <laughs> my voice sounds closer to her fake voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my voice is just a couple octaves higher than her fake voice. A couple octaves, that's considerable. Maybe a couple notes, a couple steps. Yeah, because she's going really low. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm doing a little bit. Like she sounds thing. almost like the voice from Cha Cha Slide. <sighs> Cha-cha, real smooth. Yeah. So she's, thir- she's 35 now, so she was super young when she pulled this she stuff She was 19 off. when she founded it. Whoa! Yeah. She was like that. I need genius, to start scamming yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. now she faces criminal charges, but apparently she's been well, out and about in LA. I need to be better. I need to be better then, I guess. Yeah. More subtle. But if you, like, watching her mm-hmm. and watching her in interviews, you kind of, like, she sells you on her yeah. vision, even with the fake voice and all. Mm-hmm. She sits hunched over. Wow. And, like, she always sits in that kind of stance where, mm-hmm. like, pretty much exactly like Steve Jobs. They're like, that she's just this nerd that, you know, just has a vision. And, uh... wow. But also, that Weird. I think, it's also, it comes... I didn't know any of this It stuff. plays into, yeah, it plays into yeah. people... That apparently she didn't just make, come up with the concept that male voices sound more authoritative. No. And people agreed with her. Yeah. With her impact. Absolutely. People tend to take lower voices more seriously. Yeah. That's why I talk like this. My <laughs> actual voice is up here. I knew you were Elmo all along. All along. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh, no, I mean, I've always, I've always had the Jazz FM voice. Anyways, Jazz um, FM. you know it. Uh, but yeah, I know. I, I remember seeing the, I saw it like one of the subway stations, just like the, the, it was like half her face and like the little pill thing or whatever, a little, or little syringe. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's a pill. Yeah, it's a pill. But the thing, it's, it's, it looks corny. Yeah. But that's what it's a lot super, of their promo videos for the company look it's like. like. The one pill. Yeah, she's got her, like, super striking features in her face, like the eyes. Yeah, she looks jaw. stressed out all the time. She looks, she looks like she like was staring into my soul through that billboard. Like it was really intense. I, I, I yeah. took a picture of the. I think I legit took a picture of the. Let me see. Oh my god, where's the, I know, oh yep, I did, I legit took a picture of this. Yep, it's yeah. the inventor, and she's, it's in black and white, she's an incredible, the only color on the image is her eyes, which are super blue and striking, and the little, uh, orangish looking pill that she's holding, um, and, uh, it says visionary billionaire fraud, yeah. and I, fraud? I guess, I guess oh. emphasis, emphasis on the fraud. Uh, what? One prick of blood doesn't translate into hundreds of testings for oh everybody? Now I'm curious if my 23andMe is full of crap. Oh, God. That's fine. Oh, no. Like, they, I doubt 23andMe fake. Janelle, that. I am black. <laughs> I am. Everyone's right. Everyone was right. <laughs> even <laughs> In case you've never seen dad. me, I'm certainly not. But, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone seems to think I might be. Um, yeah, that, yeah. 
the, maybe that's the fra- fraud. Fraud? 23 and me, fraud? Well, I know it was... Jewish? Bit... Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi? Fraud? <laughs> this, is, this, this has been wild so far. Um, um, anyways, we should probably... But no, I had one more thing to okay, say about please. Elizabeth Holmes. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated please, with Please, go, her. go, 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 go. Um, she... I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a build-up. That. Uh, that's John Finley in the background, That's pretty much friends. like the John trajectory Finley? of Theranos, essentially. We have yeah. an idea, we have an idea. No, no we, we don't. don't. <laughs> uh, anyways... Uh, Jeffrey Emerson, once again, a fantastic uh, comedian and actor. If it comes to me later tonight, I'm going to be so, <laughs> so mad. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. You can text me. I probably won't respond. Uh, I'll be asleep. Um, anyways. Oh, I do remember. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I forget again. This go, is go. Spit it out. So embarrassing. Say words. Oh, okay. So beyond the HBO documentary and the podcast and the book that it's based on, it's now becoming a live action movie, guess who is playing Elizabeth Holmes? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Did you see that on Twitter? Totally saw it on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that have been amazing though? I'm just like, yeah, I got it. Well, she has a lower voice too. She has a lower voice. The eyes eyes are perfect. As soon as they said her, everyone's like, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm with it. Anyways, uh, yeah. speaking of fantastic actors, uh, Jeffrey Emerson, yeah. for the fifth time, Jeffrey Emerson is an awesome uh, actor and comedian who's going to be in the upcoming season of Happy, Happy. on Sci-Fi. I am... You guys don't know how excited I was to find out that he was going to be on the show. I had just seen the whole first season. Um, it's with... Uh, uh, I'm a huge Patton Oswalt fan. He plays yeah. Happy, the imaginary blue flying horse. Um, and uh, this show is so messed up in so many ways. It it's is not a cartoon, right? Well, no, it's live action with the cartoon elements. Uh, point is, I love this show. I love the first season of it. It's super weird. It's super twisted. The, this is the second season. It premieres uh, when this episode will come out, the Wednesday, March 27th, uh, 10, 9 Central. Uh, I, I, it's just, there's so many good people on this show already, and then you get this fantastic comedian actor Jeffrey Emerson who's a yeah. friend and we had an awesome conversation he's been doing this for 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 a long long time he's um and and, and he, he's he's grown a lot he's he as he told us he's done his law and order he's done his commercials and now he's getting to branch out into much more creative endeavors yeah. uh, he's done it all super funny and has a hell of a story so uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation with the fabulous Jeffrey, Jeffrey Emerson, Emerson. I've been uh, I was telling you before I've been a I've been an actor in a union for 20 years yeah um, and so my coming to New York story is pretty insane yeah um, I went to Emerson in Boston Boston and I, yeah in is Boston. this a Boston accent that you have because I can't really tell it's Boston is definitely part of it, sure. and I think when I start talking about Boston, oh, it comes come out. It yeah. comes out. And when I start mm-hmm. talking about Chicago, Chicago yeah. comes out. It's very. We talked really bad about Boston on the first episode. We did. We yeah. talked very bad about Boston on the first episode. So this will redeem. Um, did did you, would you would you trick people? Oh, I'm not going to talk good about Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and the bashing continues. I was in Boston. I was studying theater with the Russians. We were doing a play. And I came up with this idea uh, with my best friend at the time. She was going to get deported because she was from the Philippines. And 
she was done with her student visa and they were going to kick her out of the country. So we came up with this idea that we were going to get married and we were going to live in Park Slope and I was going to be an actor and she was going to work on films. And she'd already worked on a bunch of films. You were such a good friend. (laughs) So so that's what I need. Cut to that summer, right? Um, About two weeks before I was supposed to be in New York doing a Russian play as part of the first New York Fringe Festival. Mm. Um, And she was in the Philippines straightening out some family business and she called me and she's like, I can't get married. And I was like, you know what? I can't get married. <laughs> this has been insane. What were we thinking? Like, we were gonna get married. Like, I love you. I really do. And we're still friends to this day. We are deep, 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 deep friends. I talk to her on the phone um, once a year, and she's like, we're we're super close. Yeah. So I'm supposed to move to New York City in two weeks, and now I don't have an apartment. Wow. And I'm supposed to do this play. So. Um, I called an old flame of mine from high school and she let me stay with her for three weeks. And that again was a platonic situation. And then she got, she helped me get my first apartment in Washington Heights, which was three fifty a month. Oh, Jeffrey. It was 185th in Fort Washington. Oh, Jeffrey. Each? Um, yeah, three fifty. Yeah. How yeah. was it? Was it just you or was it? It was me and two roommates. That's not bad. Okay, that's, oh, not bad dude, that's amazing. And I was that's so... Amazing. I was so broke, man. I was so broke. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend at Fordham, uh, and she was like, look, um, I'm teaching this sculpting class um, for non-majors, for non-art majors, okay. for like, Lawyers and stuff. Who need a credit? Mm. And if you need money, you can come up and model for me. So, uh, one of my first jobs was a nude model for sculptures. So I went up to oh Fordham, right? And everybody's the got University. yeah, and everybody's <laughs> got like this, like this, um, you know, like this platform with this crappy clay on it, <laughs> and. You know, I say hi. It's fifty bucks, right? Which was a fortune. You know, they I, paid you fifty bucks to. I, I could post get. Ad. I could get enough groceries for a week, a metro card, and cigarettes for fifty bucks. Like that, I was set for oh a week God. on fifty bucks mm-hmm. back then. So she's like, "Okay, we'll go back there and change." And I was like, "You mean take my clothes off basically she's like they didn't tell you this before you got there she's like yeah she's i had an idea what was going on you know what i mean um you had a sneaking suspicion i had a sneaking suspicion so uh and she's like um and then put your robe on and then come back out here wait so you had to come out in the robe and then right i didn't have a robe (laughs) <laughs> so oh, I like the I like went behind the bookcase <laughs> and got naked, right? And then I came out with my hands over my stuff, and she was like, "Okay, Jeffrey, are you ready?" And I was like, "Uh huh." And she's like, "Okay, we're gonna do a series of thirty-second poses," and it's just like, 
I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So I'm putting my arms up and I'm bending over and I'm doing a lot of like graphic, yeah, like graphic from behind stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was awful. And I'm just hearing the sound of this like squishing clay all around me. That was. Terrible. Oh my god. That gosh. is definitely the hardest I've ever worked for fifty dollars in my life.、That、and was this the type of clay on the that spinning like the Demi Moore? No, it was like the、Swayze? type of clay where they just have this old pasty bag over it and they pull it out and the <laughs> people are just like squishing it together. Yeah, yeah. Same pottery is... with their hands.、Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.、Oh、so, did you look at any of the sculptures to see what they made your stuff look like? I was having an out of body experience. <laughs> I was literally in my head. I was like, "How do I keep this not like, like prostate exam?" I mean, <laughs> they're all around me, you know. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. And of course, I mean, if if I may say,、yeah. like my, you know, my me at twenty two, I was a little hotty, sure. I had all the cut. I had the cuts and the angles.、Okay. I was probably too bony, though. <laughs> That's a challenge. So that was like kind of my first. That was kind of my first job in New York City.、Um, Did you do it again? Like, was this the leading thing? I couldn't do it again. So how long were you up、again. there in total? An hour and fifteen minutes,、What? and she gave me a break. And so I just went back behind the bookcase, and I was just naked back there. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Go get a coffee? Like, what the heck? She's like, "Okay, Jeffrey, you ready?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's get this over with." And so then there was a there was a 15 minute pose, and then there was a 30 minute pose、oh. where I could sit down. Oh, where I could just sit my naked little bony butt down. It was. Was it the thinker pose? What kind of po- sitting down pose was it? I was, was thinking、it? about that. I was like going back to school, like、yeah. uh, like Renaissance and Reformation, <laughs> like trying to think of some sort of classic pose that did not expose my undercarriage to somebody for a half an hour. No,、wow. they need that though for the、oh、sculpting. God, they need that, huh? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't you be skeptical of a sculpture that did of a of a naked person that didn't have didn't that? Didn't have the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it wasn't. It's a bad joke. It's a bad joke, Jacob. Maybe, maybe it wasn't prominent, prominent enough to notice. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I thought you were going uh, uh, new kids on the block. It wasn't the right stuff. Oh, oh! <laughs> Thanks for bringing the new kids、yeah. up. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, that'll I, decrease anybody's prominence, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Huh. <laughs> It's ten degrees colder all of a sudden. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, I do have one friend who has done nude modeling for、uh, paintings. I think just drawing, and she's so casual about it. She's incredibly body positive. She's yeah, very, very confident. So like, she'll chat with all the artists afterwards. Yeah, see all the work and everything. It's very and but but it, I I think I would. Be, if I were to ever do this, and I doubt I ever would, I think I'd be in a similar mindset to you, where it's just like, I don't even know what to think right now. You're not、yeah. prepared, and、yeah. it's like I was a really pretty open-minded. I mean, I, you know, I was 22,、yeah. so I was I was open-minded and I was game. And you get there, and it's just like I didn't think this through. <laughs> like I have no expertise at this at all. 
And really, I'm just going to continue to embarrass and humiliate myself <laughs> over the next hour, and then get my money. <laughs> right? It's like, could I get that in fives so it feels like I made some money? <laughs> so it feels like I made something from oh, the troubles. As long as it wasn't in ones, that'd be a whole different kind Maybe of contest. Maybe they paid you after each pose. Yeah, they if they just threw the money at me, right? <laughs> Introduce the sculpt club. Jeffrey Kittens coming to the stage. <laughs> That's my stripper name, definitely. Jeffrey Je Kittens. Just Jeffrey Kittens. Something simple. Oh, Jeffrey you know, Kittens. A lot of cat, a lot of cat poses. Well, yeah, paws, maybe a little, a little oopsie. Yeah. Yeah. So that That's like, incredible. and I've just, I, I mean, be like being an actor is just such. It's just such a roller coaster. So you know, I ended up, I got a, I got a job painting apartments with my roommate. Okay. And so that was actually pretty steady work. That was $10 an hour. Um, and, and you were fully clothed. And I was fully clothed. Great. And I, you know, my the, um, the woman that I was going to marry, she had a commercial casting director that she was going to hook up, hook me up with just, you know, kind of as part of our deal for, you know, getting married, which okay. she, which she <laughs> did. And I, I was going out on commercials yeah. and, um, and so one day I'm prime, it's like a Friday afternoon and I'm priming this closet. And I didn't know if you've ever like worked with primer, but it's terrible stuff. The yeah. fumes are just. It's clear, right? Totally, like a base coat? Totally insane. It's mm. not clear, it's white, but it is a base coat. Yeah. Mm. And it's, especially back then, mm. you know, this is. A long time ago. Lead-based? So it was just, it wasn't lead-based, but it was, it was just nasty. really crap. It was yeah. crap on your brain. It was yeah. crap on your lungs. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you're in this little tiny closet just breathing all hugs. of this stuff. Oh, my God. Because yeah. the closet is the only thing that they'll let you paint. Like, okay. I had to pay my... Why are you painting closets? Who's looking at the color? It's just... It needs paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's... When you first start painting, it's another whole ladder where you have to pay your dues. You're not just going to paint a window the first day. Like, you have... It takes, like, three or four years before they trust you to even use paint. Really? You're just doing the garbage and doing demo and doing... And, you know, priming. So, it's like... A closet is like a small room you have to cut in, and it's kind of like you're learning how to paint. So you need I mean, a resume to paint. You need a resume to paint. Because I painted with <clears throat> Habitat for Humanity, and they just brought us into a school. They're like, okay, go nuts. colors, go <laughs> yeah. crazy. Go nuts. And I'm like, Whee! all over the place. All right, so you're in this closet. And then yeah. there's like one, there's one lady at the end of the day who just comes in at the end and she's like, I gotta Ooh, clean up this they mess. Actually do that. <laughs> right? Because like, with the tape and you have to yeah. keep all the corners yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. She's like, this is, no, there's gaps. Yeah. No. I actually, and this is for the kids. I did this out of the, the. Good of your heart. Good of my heart. Yeah. But yeah. You I are. actually learned how to paint. Like to yeah. this day, I, I paint without tape. I'm a terrific. Painter. I bet after all this work, yeah. On, I mean, on and off. That was yeah. that's like one of the jobs that I've gone back to when I needed a job besides acting. So, yeah. but the crazy thing is, so I'm in there, um, I'm painting this closet, and the house phone rings, and this is before cell phones. So the landline rings, and the boss picks it up, and he's like, "Yeah, hold on a sec." He's like, uh, "Jeffrey, the phone's for you." 
and I get on the phone and it's my girlfriend and she's like, call your agent now. And I hang up the phone and I call and I ask for Doug Keston, who's my yeah. agent. Yeah. And he's like, do you have a passport? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, you booked IBM. It shoots in Italy. Um, and you're leaving on Monday. Whoa. So you better have a passport. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I have a passport. No sweat. He's like, okay, I'll get back to you. So I hang up the phone and I don't have a passport. <gasps> oh, different. Oh, so no. I call my girlfriend back and she works at Blue Man Group, right? She and works at Blue Man Group? She works at Blue Man more Group. More paint? And she's like, yeah, more paint, right? And she's like, I know what to do. She's like, let me make a phone call. Back then, this is before 9-11. So back then, it was way easier yeah. to, mm. to get around. So I got my passport. And next thing you know, I'm flying first class to Italy to do this <laughs> IBM commercial. I went from priming a closet to Italy in less than 48 hours. Woof. And it's like... And with no passport. Because if you had said... Oh, man, sorry, I don't have a passport. It could have gone to somebody it else. It would have gone to somebody else. And when I auditioned in the first place, I had to check the box that said that I had a passport. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I did. It's a long con. Oh, passport? Sure. Oh what do you God. consider passport? Yeah. So, exactly. Um, so, uh, so it's funny. So, and, and that first class, you know, when you fly, when you fly overseas with SAG, it's all first class, first class, first class. Oh, I had no idea. So I flew, I was in first class on Air France. They brought me the pajamas. I was having caviar <laughs> and champagne. And it's just like. Was it Kevin McAllister? Yeah. Home Alone <laughs> 7. Or... And this, you know, this is within, I mean, this is like probably within a, a, a month or two of when I'm nude modeling at Forum. <laughs> so just say yes. <laughs> yeah, really. Ask you if you have a passport. <laughs> that's like, that's something else, man. Yeah. How long were you in Italy? Do you remember? I was in Italy. We only shot for one day. Um, was that your first time in Italy? It was my first time in Italy, and it was definitely the biggest commercial job that I had booked. I'd done a couple regional commercials. I'd done sure. like a bank and like a like a. Uh, what like a like a roadhouse grill type of deal? Yeah, sure. But that was new. That was new. Yeah, um, that's insane that they needed you from America to they they couldn't find someone. In well, Italy? the guy who the guy who did that commercial um, is a guy by the name of Joe Pitka, who's who is kind of like he's kind of like the Stanley Kubrick of commercial directing. Oh. Like he's done a lot of the most famous commercials ever. So the fact that I <clears throat> got that job with him um i ended up working with him a like he wow. basically paid for my 20s that guy wow because he kept hiring me um and back then you could it was all net it was network everything was networked was so never. when you booked a network spot you would make a lot of money but yeah. here's the thing i i got that going i got a manager i booked my law and order i booked a soap all right. And then the commercial. What soap was it? Uh, it was uh, it was as the world turns. I yeah. used to love that. Yeah. There you go. I played pre uh, pre two, if you will, hashtag pre two. I played <laughs> a misogynist, creepy NYU film student. 
Oh. Who was trying to put the moves on uh, on the young star? I know, right? I mean, no offense, but face wise, it's, yeah. it's pretty spot on casting. Thanks so much. Coming to you live from NYU Studios. They can't see my face. <laughs> I have a very sweet face. You Thank do have you a very, very sweet face. I'm an I'm practically an angel. You are. So, so the crazy thing is, I like. I was in New York for six months and sort of just lucked into this sudden yeah. acting career, right? Wow. And then the commercial strike hit in May of 2000 and completely wiped everything out. I mean, back then I was auditioning, I was going out at least three times a week, at yeah. least. I was probably auditioning for a hundred commercials a year, That's at cool. least, wow. maybe even more than that. Yeah, yeah. And in LA, it was even it was even crazier. But you could be a working actor in New York because there was a small pool of actors. Mm -hmm. Everybody was getting commercials, mm -hmm. and when you got a network commercial, you were going to make thirty five fifty thousand yeah. dollars. What? So no, a, a big commercial like that. Yeah, because I was doing like mm -hmm. I, I did Very IBM, I did yeah. FedEx, I did yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, I did Dodge, I did a bunch of big ones. And the commercial strike went on for six months, and it just killed. It killed my career. And Who was striking? Um, we were. Oh. We were striking because there was this new thing um, coming up called the internet. Oh yeah, you don't say. So we were striking because they didn't want to give us per use on the oh, internet. They wanted yeah. to buy us out so they oh. could infinitely use our stuff. And they waited us out and we lost. Um, they gave us something at the end. Nowadays, nowadays there's like it's like a per minute thing. Yeah, but it's it's. I mean, it's 2019 now. Yeah. Between then and now, I'm sure lots changed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And and there was also like a boom in commercials after 2000. There was this big boom in the dot com. All the dot coms were mm -hmm. advertising. Yeah. So, um, so the commercial strike hit, and I was living in the East Village for, in a little tiny room for five hundred dollars a month, and it was like, I just like the like I realized it wasn't going to be easy. So I started painting, um, and I just go up on the roof every day and paint to to kind of cope. Because I was so geared up and so ready. And then September oh my gosh. 11, 2001 hit and it, acting was done wow. in New York City. It really? was it was It was over. It was just over. Because during the commercial strike, all of the commercial agencies left. All the business went, it went to, it went to Toronto, it went to Vancouver, it went to South oh, Africa, it went to London. Right. Because they had to, they had to hire, you know, they needed actors, and New you York, yeah, New York wasn't working. So we what had non-union actors. Non-union actors. I mean, they would do stuff. I knew people, but there were, you know, you had to cross the picket line. I mean, yeah. you you would really damage your relationship with your peers if you crossed the picket line. So it was like, and then nine eleven hit, and that was just. It was gone. All of it was gone. Um, you know, I just people didn't want to do work. Everybody was really scared. There were guys with AK-47s in the subway. Like I didn't hear anyone. What? Yeah, it was like it was like a demilitarized zone. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hear anyone laugh for six months after 9/11. 
Like there wasn't wow. a conversation on the subway. It was like we were just, we were just done as a city. Like we were really, yeah. really low. So I had to start work. Like I was out of money, so I had to start bartending, and uh, ultimately I just I had to leave and I went to LA. Um, oh, I didn't know you went to LA. I did. I spent six years in LA. When you're in your late sixties, like I am, <laughs> you can live in a lot of different places. Uh, but so I went to LA. LA is a whole other story. Yeah. I came back. Um, I had an acting career in LA. I did yeah. a bunch of commercials. I had a band. I did a whole thing. You had a and band too. I had a band. I had a ska. I had a ska band. You had a ska. Band. I had a ska, yeah, a ska band. band. What was their name? Yeah. John Ruff and the Tuffingtons. Dang. Oh, it's such a good ska. I band. also had a rap group called King Crab. Whoa! And oh, uh, wow. I came. So I had started yeah. working in commercial in commercials again. I was doing my band. I'm yeah. having a blast in Los Angeles. The recession hits in 2008. Yeah. Oh. Everything slows down. And it's just like I had just started having a career again. Yeah. And and no one had, or not no one, but disposable income wasn't a thing. So people aren't going out to shows at this point. They're, it was, they don't want to see the Tuffingtons. Yeah. It was just like a get, <sighs> you know? Yeah. So I I met a girl who lived here. And I came back here. And, um, like, there wasn't any thought of acting again. I wasn't, I didn't come back to New York to act. I came back to New York because I knew that I would have to bartend again. And I didn't want to be one of those bartenders in L.A. Yeah. in a black Lycra shirt who, like, mm -hmm. you know, works at Ledoux. And you have to drive <laughs> to work. And it's all, you're typing on the computers and everything. Like, the good thing about bartending in New York City, at least... Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, you can drink at work and have a good time. You walk to work. You're friends with the people at work. You know, I was working in music venues. It was really fun. It was yeah. a cool scene. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. If you were going to be a bartender, be a bartender yeah. in New York. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of money, and it's and it's fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I kind of came back here for this girl. I was back a year. My mother got brain cancer, and then oh, a year wow. after that, she died. Oh my god! So that was like. Welcome back to New oh, York City. Wow. Oh. We're so thrilled to have you back, oh. you know? So and your mom was living My mom was living in Rhode Island and when she she was diagnosed, she was a healthy person and it, it happened really fast. So We're closer though. Um we were super close yeah. and I was the person in my family who definitely stepped up and that's kind of like the thing that made me into an adult yeah. who can take care of uh, stuff. Yeah. And I, I learned how to take care of everybody else too. Yeah. You know, my mom was a, a clinical neuropsychologist in, oh, wow. in, um, in Rhode Island, which is ironic because she died. She knew that something was up because oh. her motor functioning on her left side started acting up. So, you know? like on the tumor? Right. so she, she just had an idea and she joked with her friends, you know, I've got a brain tumor. I'm going to go in. And she went into the neurologist. And they ran some tests, and the neurologist was like, Carol, you got to go to the hospital. So, like, oh I just God. remember sitting in the kitchen with my girlfriend, who's my wife now. Yeah. And just kind of in that first year in New York City, 
you know, when you have like 12 roommates and everyone's yeah. like eating in the kitchen before you go to work, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my mom called me and she's like, I need you. So I went, you know, I went to Rhode Island and we did that and it was an aggressive tumor. And, um, and about a year, I guess about a year after that, uh, she died. And I'd finally gotten cast in a play. And um, and she died before we before we started doing shows in the play. Sure. And I talked mm -hmm. to the um, you know I talked to the director and the people, and I was like, "Look, I need to still do this play. Just give what? me two. Just give me two days because it was going to go cra I was going to go crazy. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the play was the first thing that I had come up with for myself. Since coming back. That like meant something to me that I was actually doing that made Jeffrey feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did I did the play. What do you remember what it was? Um it was uh it was called The Why Overhead. It's uh, by a playwright Adam Simkowitz, okay. who um is really <clears throat> he's sort of in the same class as Sheila Callahan. I don't know if you guys get into plays. I'm not a huge play guy, but I should be. Um but he's a he's a terrific uh, yeah. playwright and he's really um, you know he's been at it for 20 years so he's go. got people at universities all over the country and the world you know doing multiple productions of his plays and he's finally making his living as a playwright which is so hard to do Seriously, yeah. it is so hard to do yeah. um, so you know this is like not even acting career number three yet so my mom dies I go through that grief. My uncle, who's You're doing the shows at the same time, did the shows at the same time, um, and then my uncle has a atrial fibrillation. He's like my my one family member in New York, and he goes into nursing homes for two years, and he dies. Oh my god! And that's when I started doing comedy. Because I was working in the bars, wow. I started producing stand-up comedy in the in the bars, yeah. mm -hmm. and just did comedy to cope. I was like, I have to perform, or I'm gonna go nuts. Insane. Yeah, really. Yeah, and I also one of the other jobs that I had, I was a karaoke host when I first came Ooh. back to town. I love karaoke. I was karaoke host at the Trash Bar. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the Trash Bar. It's called the Trash yeah. Bar. It was like a, you know, it was like yeah. a punk rock bar in sure. in Brooklyn. And awesome. I used to make seventy five dollars a week hosting karaoke at a punk rock that bar. That was in my first that sounds job. Like my dream job. back. Yeah, oh seventy five dollars a week. So that's amazing. Um, so somehow karaoke led me back to comedy. Yeah, really. I was producing comedy, I was doing comedy, and then slowly but surely, like, I got my sea legs back, and I looked around, and I was like, okay, yeah. I need to start uh, acting again. Yeah, really. You know? And then, and here we are, acting career number three. That was five years ago. Oh, my God. Um, and it took, you know, five years. For, I just, uh, I... I shot a show in the in the fall called Happy, which is yeah. on Sci-Fi with uh, Christopher Maloney and Patton Oswalt. It is spectacular. It's a great show. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting, it's and it's so violent, and it's horrible. It is so messed up. Yeah, oh. it's the most messed up show. Um, 
and they're uh, uh, and they're totally amazing. And yeah. they got me and let me totally do my thing. Um, so you got to combine acting with comedy. With comedy, um, and that's gonna lead to some other yeah, stuff really. for us. So. Oh acting career number three, and if I can give you any advice, oh. don't, don't leave. <laughs> like, do New York until you're done with New York, and then go. But oh, don't yeah. leave and then have to come back because re-entry is murder. It yeah. took me, yeah. it took me eight years to get back. Um, I lived here six years the first time, and that didn't count at all. Um, I knew enough people to like my friend everyone was really generous and you know my friend gave me a shift at his bar and my friend hired me to host karaoke but I was I was making hundred and twenty five dollars a week I remember just thinking in the subway I was like wow I'm back and then I was like well let's see 35 <laughs> plus 15 <laughs> plus 75 I'm making $125 a week and my rent's nine hundred. They say you're supposed to make your rent in a week, so oh, yeah. I'm seven hundred and seventy-five dollars short. But if I work hard every week, I'm gonna make um, five hundred dollars, which is almost half of my almost rent. as long as I don't eat um, <laughs> or go anywhere. I can at least come up with half of my meals. rent. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. it's a it's. You know, it's a roller coaster. We've been asking all our guests, like, if there's a certain thing that they do or a certain thing they go back to that kind of make, kind of let, makes the anxiety go away, that kind of set, settles the panic. I wonder if, like, if painting's that for you or if comedy is that for you. I think, I think for me, I have to get, I have to get in front of an audience. Yeah. And at mm. this point, it's, it's definitely comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and the other good thing about comedy too is that you don't have to wait. For acting stuff to happen, like yeah. wait you for make an it happen. yeah, or wait for an audition, or wait to hear about a job, or what? Like you can really, um, your head turns in on itself. It's like you go to an audition and you're like, "That was amazing, I did it, that was great." Yeah, and then an hour passes. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, and you're like unraveling. That's mm -hmm. I mean, that just <laughs> that just sucked. And then you mm -hmm. wake up the next day and you're like, I'm not going to get it. And I'm probably never going to get another audition ever in my life. Yep. But if you can go to comedy, then at least it's a different mm -hmm. like uh -huh. circle of emotions, of despair. I mean, yeah. despair, <laughs> right? Um, you, you know when the next one's coming. Though. You know when the yeah. next one's coming. And also in comedy, it's like you, you, can, you can bomb and you know you're going to get to do it again. And it's like the yeah. stakes... The more you do it, the lower the stakes are. Yeah. I think reps with reps with comedy are super important. I think comedy is completely a, a, a merit, you know, a merit-based field. Yeah. Even if you're not funny and you do it for five years, you're, there's going to be something. Yeah. There's going to be something about you that people, yeah. you know, people don't mind. Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> That's my bio. So comedy, I mean, performing for me helps when I can't. Yeah. Um, I play chess. I mean, yeah. I go back to chess and then I'll leave and then I'll come back to chess huh. and I'll leave. I really have to have enough. Are you good at chess? Time. I'm better than 
at your average. Uh, I'm better than your average bear, <laughs> I guess. But people who are good at chess are just like a, like alien life forms. Like thinking seven steps ahead. The rest of us, they have they're made of different stuff. <laughs> um, I'm good at getting into jams and then getting out, as I am in my life <laughs> as well. Chess reflected so, every day. Yeah, and it's good. It's that's um, that's good. I feel like uh, I feel like chess helps me with my writing. Um, that's awesome. Whoa! You know, it just it just does. It, isn't there an ABBA musical? Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, an ABBA musical. Isn't there an ABBA musical called Chess? I have no idea. Did they do the music for chess? I feel like they did. There's definitely a musical, a musical called, called chess. chess. I, I can't think of anything else that combines chess and like writing. Yeah. yeah. But wait, so you're playing chess and then you're like, oh, there's that idea. Well, the marvelous thing about, see, I have this phone here. Yeah. And I can play chess on the phone. Yeah. And I can put the phone down and write. It just like, it, it teach chess is... Chess is like a series of systems, and you start at the bottom, and you kind of figure out the system as you go. And I feel like writing like is... Like Minesweeper. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like writing is the same thing. Like, you lay a foundation, and then you start, and and you make turns, and I feel like it kind of teaches your mind how to think with structure, and also how to mm. look ahead, and it really helps... Um, Janelle thinking about investing in a chess With writing. writing. Yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> in the West Village over here, there used to be... Chess club, right? Um, the chess... There were two yeah. shops. There was Village Chess Forum. Uh, I've seen a chess store like, There's two nearby. That's, yeah. like, two that's like, dedicated. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you yeah. can go in there and literally pay a dollar and sit down and and play somebody you've never seen before in your life. Yeah. And in the summertime, you can go to, you can go to the park. Yeah, Union Square... Oh, yeah. But you're gonna get hustled because they oh, yeah. want five dollars just to play. Oh, those oh dudes I are, didn't know that. Those dudes are ridiculous. And then they'll and then they'll make you feel bad too. Right at the like at the end of Los Angeles, uh, like t- when the recession hit, and I was still managing to live on unemployment from acting, yeah. and um, I that was when I bought a chess book and started learning openings. Huh. And so there's a whole. There's a whole strategy like oh, yeah. that people know to it. The thing that's really cool about chess is yeah. because um, there's a notation, you can write a chess game down. Um, each each you know there's yep. eight squares this way and eight squares this way. Uh-huh. Each, knight moves to c4. Yeah, knight from, moves to c4. Yeah, it's a you know a through h this way and one through it this way. Yeah. So you can plot the squares. You can sit down with a chessboard and replay a game yeah. that's 600 years old. Yeah. That's how long people have been playing chess. And I think recording it, yeah. Yeah, I think like around, you know, the 15th, wow. 16th centuries. And seeing what moves work. And just, it's like time travel. It is. You it's know? Um, it's amazing. And there's like five or six guys that just are not to be... Um, gosh, I mean, I would have to really go back in my brain. Tall is one. Um, oh, he had a documentary about him on Netflix recently. Oh, right? really? I'd like to watch. Is he? Uh, is he? Uh, where is he from? He's. Uh, it's. What's he? Sweden, Switzerland. I just know his. I just know his games. Yeah. <laughs> we met, by the way. We so yeah. we met in yeah. this in this voiceover yes. class. 
Um, yes, Ed Lewis. We we <clears throat> we met in this. Yeah. We met in this voiceover class. Was it intro yes. to voiceover, or were it you was guys kind already? Of, it was kind of was, intro-ish class. I mean, sort of. Yeah. Everyone, know. most people in there had some sort of acting background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was mainly commercial centric. Was it competitive at all? I don't think it was. Very supportive. Actually. I think that there were some people who you could just. It's yeah. it's funny because it's like there's a pocket where your mind is like, oh, I, like this is a commercial, like yeah. this is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> what is Gordon Ramsay on Xanax? I wanted to say, thank God you said it. I've never even thought that. Oh, I, I just like have a, a wave of relief. Just yeah. washing oh, my body. What? You look exactly like Gordon Ramsay. I Ramsey. look a lot like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Follow Jeffrey on Instagram and Twitter at Janzel Jadams. That's J-A-N-S-E-L underscore J-A-D-A-M-S. And look out for Jeffrey on Happy on Sci-Fi starting March 27th. That's today. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps words... Why are you laughing? It helps word about the show spread like... um, uh, (laughs) It's hard, see? Spread... Let's say it spread like uh, spread like jam on a piece of toast. Yeah. See, I knew you could do it. Give me a second. You're good. <laughs> and of course, make sure you're subscribed to easily download new episodes. I'm trying is hosted, edited, produced, and scored by Jacob Derwin and me, Janelle Dennis. Our cover art was created by the fabulous, fabulous <laughs> Sammy Kappa. See more of her work at SammyKappa.com. That's S-A-M-I-C-A-P-P-A.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at I'm Trying Show. And if you want, you can follow us individually at Janelle Dennis and at Jacob Derwin. And if you've screwed up or embarrassed yourself and are looking for help. Or pity. Reach out to us on Twitter or email at I'm Trying show at gmail.com and our team of crisis experts Us? will be more than happy to assist you. Well, reasonably happy. Oh, you, uh, I really wanted you to mess that up and you didn't. Uh, thank you so much for listening and in the words of Show Grow, if it, it makes, makes you happy, happy it, it can't, can't be, be that bad. bad.